Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. And we're glad you're with us wherever you're listening around the state or online. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Athletic Director Jeremy McLean about to join us here in just a moment. Kelly Sander will be on the show later as well. I uh, want to first of all thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their sponsorship and uh, remind everybody if you're in the mood for barbecue, uh, no better place to go than Dickie's. Seven days a week, they cook it fresh right here in Hattiesburg or in your hometown. Dine in, drive through, have it brought to your house, whatever you choose. Just be sure that you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit and we appreciate their support. All right. A, uh, anything but a relaxing uh, Labor Day weekend for the athletic director at Southern Miss Jeremy McLean, who now comes back to the Eagle Hour. Jeremy, as always, we appreciate your time. And if you will, uh, I think our listeners would, would love to, to hear you just go through the, the, the time frame of what occurred from Thursday until Monday. So if you can share that with our listeners, I think that would be a, a good way to kick off the uh, conversation. Sure. Appreciate you guys having me on, as always. You know, I, we tried to be very transparent in you know the release we put out on, uh, on Monday. And so I, mean, I can recap that for sure. But, uh, you know, after the game, um, actually on Friday, Jay uh, came to me. And we, we began talking about, you know, he just wanted to share what was on his heart, was struggling with some things, and, and we began to talk about the program. And, um, you know, and, and at the end of the conversation, just I think, and we talked a lot about our student-athletes in, in the locker room. And, you know, just felt like, for, for the programs, the best interest of the program, the student athletes, you know, it was probably in, uh, in the program's best interest for, for Jay to step down and allow us to, um, you know, move, move in a different direction and try to, um, you know, try to, try to uh, rally the troops here. And we've got 11 games in front of us. And so, um, you know, it really happened just that way. Uh, conversation developed over the weekend and, um, uh, and we just kind of mutually agreed that it was in the best interest of everyone to uh, to go ahead and make that adjustment. But that's not that's not anything that when uh, they teed it up Thursday night was on your mind. Am I correct no, about that? You're 100 percent correct. That was not on my mind, and uh, really wasn't on my mind at the end of the game. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really something that developed based on our conversation. So this had really nothing to do with with the football game that was played Thursday night. It didn't. I mean, I, you know, obviously. You know, everything that we do, you know, you kind of look at everything big picture. But, but no, for me to say that, hey, it was about a game against South Alabama would be uh, would be pretty short-sighted. And it, that, that was not the case. And I'm not going to ask you to comment on anything that, uh, that the coach was going through. But he's had an awful lot happen to him uh, in the last year with, his, with the tragic death of his in-laws and then his father and dealing with COVID-19 and all the pressures that, uh, that he's under was uh, – was part of his decision personal things going on in his life, uh, Jeremy? Well, I will, you know, out of respect for Coach, I'm not going to share 
sure, details of our conversation. But you know, but I, I think I think you know you're you're tuned in to some challenges that have been going on with him for for quite some time. And right. I think, uh, uh, you know, anybody who would who would draw that conclusion, I think. Uh, you know, I think you can understand a lot of those things and how that would uh, how would that would how that would affect someone. And I think we can all agree that uh, Jay Hobson loves Southern Miss. He's a Southern Miss guy, Jeremy, and uh, he'll always be a part of the program in a sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you have the youngest head football coach in the United States. <laughs> Your thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, I hadn't really given a lot of thought to Scotty's age. I, I did consider a lot. You know, as we kind of began the process and I tried to make a decision on, on who we wanted to move into that chair, um, thought a lot about what we needed and as a program, you know, in the locker room, um, and, and, and just really felt like Scotty was the right person at the right time. And there is a lot, there's you know, several guys on our staff who've been head coaches before, including Scotty, uh, probably several guys who would have done a great job, but, uh, just felt like he was the right person. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of people on this staff who, who have a lot of years of experience under their belt who can help him and, and are, are ready and willing to help him. I've talked to all the guys over the past 24 hours. And everybody's very supportive of, of Scotty and, and uh, trying to make sure we do this right. And uh, and I'm excited about what that looks like for us. All right, Luke. Jeremy, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Um, you, uh, I, I told you off air, just I've been kind of monitoring social media and Seen a lot of our our players um, and even our coaches. I saw Ryan Stanchek earlier today, and been you know Gore Jr., Brownlee, um, Jack Abraham, uh, Swayze Bozeman, those guys. It seems as if the team has responded and coaching staff has responded extraordinarily well in two fronts: in support of Coach Hop and to embrace Scotty Walden as the next uh, as as the new coach in the last forty eight hours. Yeah, I think you're right, and you know, I think I think there's a lesson to be learned there. It doesn't uh, doesn't have to be one or the other, right? You can do both of those things, and I've been excited to see um, our players, and they've handled it uh, amazingly well. We've asked a lot of them over the past six months. I think there's a lot of people who don't understand what a challenge the last, you know, since June, since they started coming back for voluntary workouts and dealing with with COVID and trying to navigate that and navigate it safely, and you know, a lot of disruption to their lives. They have dealt with a lot. And so, you know, I was, I really felt for them to have to stand up on Monday and talk them through that. But they have, they've responded amazingly. Uh, they've been, they were great in that room. They've been great at practice. Um, just in the coaching staff, too. Same, same, uh, sentiment for them, too. They have been great. And, uh, they're all pulling for each other and, and, and want to do what's right for that locker room, those young men. And, uh, have all, you know, all committed to what we're doing moving forward. And it's just such a, unusual situation to have to be in this spot and have 11 games left in the year in front of you is uh is really unusual and um and i think they all know we've still got a great opportunity in front of us and uh they're gonna they're, they're all willing to get back to work and pull for each other and that's that's kind of been the message we're, we're in this together and uh we're all going to pull for each other and support each other and, and uh do the best we can to continue to uh make southern miss proud and if you, if you don't want to share what I'm about to ask you, fine, just move on, no, no problem at all. Two things about Scotty Walden. First, what was kind of his reaction uh, when you told him he was going to be the interim head coach? And, you know, in that meeting the, the other day what and, and following days, what's kind of been his message to the team? 
Yeah, you know, I think Scotty, when, when, when he and I talked, the time frame was pretty, I won't say it was rushed, but it was quick, right? So he and I had to have a quick conversation and um, asked, you know, obviously presented that to him. Here's what I wanted to do. And he was, he was excited about it. And, and his, his attention, you know, immediately uh, turned to you know, the guys in the locker room and what he wanted to say to them and how he wanted to present that to them a little later in the day. And so I was, you know, appreciative of that. And, and uh, again, we've tried to kind of keep our focus on, on, on those young men. And so he's done a great job and, and, and really has, uh, over the last 48 hours, um, I think, really, um, you know, solidified for me what's ahead of us uh, with Scotty this year and, and with our entire staff. I think, you know, some, some excitement about what's happening. He's going to do things like all coaches do. He'll do things a little bit differently. Um, but I think... I think he has the attention of our players, and uh, and again, our coaches have been amazing and are there to support him, and and uh, you know he's willing to lean on them, and, and that's what it's going to take. So, just been really pleased with what we've seen there, and it, it really you know, gives me a lot of hope for what's in front of us. Well, almost immediately, Jeremy, uh, sports writers all over the state and uh, other areas began to throw all these names out about you know the the potential next head coach. So, I guess my question in that regard is. Um, when will you start considering that, uh, talking to other people, or will you allow the season to play out before you begin that process, or will you even, uh, you know, entertain that right now? Well, here, here's here's my plan, and, and, and I'm pretty convicted in this. You know, we're, we're going to begin the process, right? We'll begin research, and we'll start doing all the things, and, you know, it's an unusual situation to have this much time. So we'll, we'll begin working. And we'll work on it daily, pulling information together. But I'm not going to start um, having conversations with anyone until much later in the year. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a couple of reasons for that. But the most important one is that our student-athletes don't deserve for information to be leaked out and them have to think about those things during the season. They deserve an opportunity to focus on what's in front of them. And I'm going to give them that. And so that's our plan moving forward. Okay. We're going to ask you to hold on, if you will, a short break. I want to talk to you about the upcoming Louisiana Tech game, about college football in general, because there were some more developments today that, that we read about before we came on the air regarding COVID-19 and, uh, and all the challenges that you and other ADs and football coaches around the country are, are dealing with uh, this year. Is that good with you? Sounds great. All right, Jeremy McLean, Athletic Director, University of Southern Mississippi on the Eagle Hour, and we're glad to have him. Our conversation with Jeremy will continue on the other side of a very short break. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Wherever you're tuned in, we're talking to Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. We want to continue our conversation with him. And I want to thank you, Jeremy, for your time. I know there's a lot on your plate right now, and I'm sure you've had a lot of media requests uh, since Monday. So we're grateful to you for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, another story that broke last night that could indirectly affect Southern Miss is uh, at Louisiana Tech, where their game with Baylor uh, has been uh, postponed, maybe canceled because of an outbreak of COVID on the Louisiana Tech football team. And, of course, they're scheduled to be here 10 days from now. Uh, have you had some contact with them? And, and what is the status of that game, Jeremy? Yeah, we have. I've, I've, I've spoken to them, you know, this morning to kind of talk through that. And, um, you know, they feel confident right now. I, I think the report, obviously, with they, they had a large number of cases they went through. You know, a hurricane there and had a lot of people displaced and without power and just a really difficult situation for them. So they they ended up with a high number of positive cases. Uh, I think the, maybe one misleading thing about that is they didn't all come back on Monday, right? Some of those were from last week. Mm-hmm. And so I think they feel, you know, in our conversations, they're they're optimistic that, that uh, assuming that this doesn't continue, the trend of, out, you know, trend of positive cases doesn't continue over the next few days, that you know, they're confident that um, they'll be able to travel over here um, next weekend and, and, and play the game. So it's all day-to-day, but that's been our conversation with them. And, you know, we're all in that situation. We, we, we're testing three times a week, and, and, and we could, you know, you could have a blip at any moment, really. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're all, we're all just taking it one day at a time, um, you know, and, and, and trying to, um, you know, trying to just be cautious. So, but right now we feel, we feel good about uh, – getting the opportunity to play next Saturday. The Oklahoma State-Tulsa game pushback. Uh, that was announced today. And also kind of disturbing news, uh, a young man, a D2 player from California yeah. University, passes away at age 20 from COVID-19. So this this big elephant in the room is just not going to go away all year in no. a sense, is it? No, I don't think so. And, and, and we all obviously are taking it very seriously. Um, you know, I think, I think obviously most – I think all of D2 had shut down for the season – um, so, you know, unfortunately, that young man, uh, that, that was terrible, terrible news. And, and it, you know, it's definitely eye-opening. And, and I think um, something we all take very seriously. But, but you're right, I don't, it's, it's not going away, and not, at least not completely and not um, in the near future. And so we've got to continue to stay on guard and, and be really careful about what we do. All right, before I throw it back to Luke, I want to put one big rumor to rest with you, Jeremy. Deion Sanders did not land at the airport yesterday and talk to you about the coaching job. At least not to my not, not to my knowledge. I don't uh, I don't know anything about uh, about anybody being in town. Does that kind of thing make you chuckle when you when it you? Does. <laughs> it, it does, and I get it. I get the speculation, and I get the, the rumors that uh, kind of come with these types of things, and, and that's you know and that's okay. Um, it's just part of it, and and you know sometimes when you uh, we don't get to share a lot of information during searches, and so I think people uh, look to to try to. Uh, entertain themselves maybe a little right. bit with uh, with what they share with each other, and, and again, it's just it's just part of it. You know, my first thought when I started reading that uh, yesterday uh, from different writers is it was a little unfair to the man that just took over, uh, you know, the interim coaching job for all these names to be uh, getting thrown out there. We need to let him settle in and coach a while. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. And 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 again, it's unusual for us to have this much time between now and and you know when we would. Uh, name a name a new head coach, and so um, so that, that's that's hard. Uh, but we're you know it, like I said, it's part of it. We all get it. We've all 
we've all, all been around it and been through it, and so uh, right. we'll we'll not we'll not waste any energy reading the papers. We'll try to focus on uh, on you know getting these guys ready to to compete during the season. There you go. All right, Luke. You know, while we're at it, let's just say that, you know, Dion landed and then Bo Jackson came in behind him because he was coming in as the offensive coordinator. So if you're going to be a bear, let's just be right. a grizzly. And I saw know, Ditka walking in Shirley's over here a few minutes ago, Luke. Mike Ditka. So that's just yeah. crazy. It, it's it's going to happen. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you for uh, putting that hot rumor to rest. All right. So you, you told us a few weeks back uh, one of the benefits of having the bye week week two was to, you know, a look at the South Alabama game from an administrative, uh, from a COVID-19 uh, cleanliness, health stuff. Did we learn anything week one that we'll see a little different uh, in the Louisiana Tech game? Yeah, we're, we're working through some of that now, as a matter of fact. And, and, and really, the main, actually, for the most part, it went really well. I'm, I'm proud of our folks and kind of how they responded and proud of our staff. Um, we've got a few seating areas that we're going to try to clean up a little bit and just make sure that we don't get you know, we don't get too many people in one space. And, uh, but no, and those areas were really limited. So, uh, but yes, we're going to try to, to improve some of that and, and do a little better job of, of governing some of those sections and making sure the right people are there. And we don't, uh, we don't have people in those sections that shouldn't be. So yeah, that'll be the main thing for us and the thing we've been working on yesterday and today. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll continue to push forward and, and, you know, we'll try to adjust every week, but that's the biggest thing. I think that came out of week one was that uh, we've just got to do a little better job of, of making sure that we don't have those uh, two or three hot spots that get a little too crowded. Pride of Mississippi sends out a, a photo on social media. Uh, they're back practicing. Uh, will they be involved at all in the Rocket all September 19th? Yeah, they, the plan is for them to be here on September 19th. Um, they, you know, per rule, um, conference rule this year, they will not they will not be on the field. But they will be they will be here and we'll be participating and it'll be great to have them back. We missed them last weekend for sure and and uh, we'll look forward to having them back in the rock and participating uh, next Saturday. Um, looking at going forward um, because we've talked about this and you've been really candid about finances. Uh, when when we talk about you know uh, a new coach and again all of us hear hear me and I think a lot of people feel this way everybody's for Scotty Walden like we we won't let's just go win eleven in a row and but what are what are we looking at down the road because I, nobody really thinks that we can what we were paying Coach Hobson that that you can't pull in a new coach from the outside so you know what's the direction they're talking about finances going forward as we're going to hire a new coach um, this coming off season. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'm, I haven't before, and I won't this time shy away from the fact that we've got some challenges, um, and mostly in part to um, you know to COVID and what we've what we've seen from a revenue standpoint, We're taking a huge hit on the revenue side, and they're you know doing our best to try to uh, to try to fill in the gaps. Um, you know, I think what you'll see is our evalu- us evaluate that entire situation, and you know, some people don't know that we we invested uh, several hundred thousand dollars in our at our coaching pool uh our 10 assistants on the field you know uh last year and uh so we have been making progress you mentioned the head coaching salary which we're going to have to spend a lot of time focusing on and trying to trying to make adjustments and 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 put ourselves in a position to to attract the right the right person for the job and so all those things are things that we're going to dig in on and uh, we're going to try to make sure that you know we can we can put together an attractive package and uh, as it relates to our peer institutions and, and make sure we get the right person. 
Um, and, and I think some of that is making sure we're spending our money wisely and uh, within our budget. Uh, we're not. We're probably not going to. You know, tomorrow wake up and have uh, several million more dollars in our budget, or even over the next. You know, uh, two years. But what we can do is very, very efficient with what we have, and, and that's been our focus for the past year is to try to make sure we're doing that. So I, I don't. I feel good about where we're at. Uh, obviously, we've got to get through this COVID piece, um, but I feel like we can put together a package that makes sense and can be attractive. Uh, to some really good coaches, and we can we can find the person that we need to lead our program. All right, Jeremy, before we let you go, any message you want to deliver to our listeners around the state and elsewhere in light of everything that's occurred this week? You know, I, I, I've said this before. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for our fan base. They, they, they've been, you know, really good to us and supportive. Uh, you know, this is an unusual year, and, and I, I want to try to uh, remain focused on our on our – uh, young men on our football team and all of our other student athletes and kind of what they're going through. And so uh, we're going to continue to try to focus there. I would ask our folks to uh, just keep them in mind and, and realize it's an unusual year and uh, they're giving it everything they've got. And uh, I'm excited about what's in front of us. And I, and I know our folks out there are too. So we just continue to, you guys continue to be patient with us and continue to support what, uh, what these young men and women are doing and, and uh, really, really just appreciative of uh, all the golden Eagles out there. All right, Jeremy, we're appreciative of you. We always appreciate your time, and and thanks a lot for coming on the show. You bet, guys. Have a great one. All right, Jeremy McClain, everybody, the athletic director at University of Southern Mississippi. And I'll I'll tell you what, in in my several years of uh, working here dealing with the athletic department, there has never, there's not even a close second athletic director more accessible than Jeremy McClain. Jeremy McClain has been, Luke, and I just think he's the – I'll say this now that he's gone. I don't want to sound like I'm pandering, but the right guy to be leading the ship through these turbulent waters right now. Well, I mean, you're not blowing smoke. You're just being honest. I mean, and and for him, what what we just got was two segments of honesty, transparency, a honest acknowledgement, honoring uh, Jay Hobson, excited about Scotty Walden. And thankfully, putting to rest the Deion Sanders rumors. But but when you think about everything we just heard, who else do you want in leadership right now? It's right. Like, no, absolutely. Nobody. Absolutely. Only disappointment is that Neon Dion is not going to be the head coach. But I think we can safely state that right now. He will not be the next head coach. Breaking news on the Eagle <laughs> Hour. Deion Sanders, not the next head coach at Southern Miss. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just across Highway 49 from Southern Miss on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, home of the 895 lunch. 
Go see them on Trivia Night. Also, lots and lots and lots of Southern Miss memorabilia. Um, best lunches in the world. You get a free drink with it, too, every single day at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Jeremy McLean's time. Uh, he is a f- uh, friend of this show and uh, just coming on, being honest, transparent, uh, walking us through uh, the decision, the transition in leadership with Jay Hobson resigning, Scotty Walden taking over. Kelly Sander joins us on the phone right now. Kelly, your uh, reaction to uh, to Jeremy McLean's comments in the first half of the show? I don't. I don't think any of it was too surprising. You know, um, Hattiesburg and the area is a small enough town where you kind of get enough bits and pieces where you can kind of, you know, put all the all the puzzle pieces together. You know, if you're interested. Um, I was, I've, I've always been intrigued about, you know, the financial part, because when you look at the University of Utah now, they've actually furloughed football coaches and some of the athletic department to save $40 million, they think is what they're going to lose by not uh, playing Pac-12 football this year. So when, when you think it's schools like that losing that kind of money, you know, it's no secret, too, that Southern Miss is, is operating, you know, pretty close to the edge. Um, so you just you hope that nobody has to lose their job or that nobody has to be furloughed. But just financially, I hope things will things will be okay. But I want you, Luke. Luke, I want you and Bob to know that I'm doing what I can to help the athletic department. I, I have volunteered um, to read Coach Scotty Walden his bedtime stories every night. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. You're so kind. I, I, I thought that's the least that I could do. You know, get him tucked into bed and yeah. get him a glass of water. You could babysit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know though, Coach. Coach, Coach Walden, you may not want him to. Do no, that. I don't I think that. So. No, no. So, Kelly, on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed were you to hear Jeremy say that Deion Sanders will not be the coach? Oh, Bob, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm. I'm in fact, I'm climbing off of the bridge right now. Are you? Um, just just to do this segment, I was I was about ready to jump. Um, but you know, when when these names, you guys were talking about people throwing names out there, and Jeremy was good to address it. You know, some of these are just not realistic possibilities. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, you know, when it, it's kind of like a preacher. These coaches, they never get quote unquote called to a smaller school. You know, it's well, I'm gonna. I'm going to pray a lot about this. Yeah, like when you get a million five more than what you were getting at the last place. Yeah, right. you're not going to go to the smaller school. No. So, so the fedoras of the world, the the Munkins, and, and even Hugh Freeze. You know, I mean, he's making two mil at Liberty. You know, so they don't they don't do this out of the goodness of their hearts. You know, it's it's a rough profession, and you got to strike while the iron's hot because, as you know, I mean, here today, gone tomorrow. Particularly in college football, these coaches. So they've got to make their money. Uh, where they can. So, you know, if, if you want to talk to guys with Southern Miss connections, you know, Hutspeth, who is a, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, you know, he's he's coached in the Sun Belt. You know, that that could be more of a financial possibility. But it's all about, and we've talked about this on this show so many times, it's all about finances. It's all about money. Unfortunately, you wish it wasn't, but it's all about money. You guys threw an interesting name around before we went on the air, Austin Davis. What do you say about that, Luke? Well, Austin, of course, right now he's the uh, quarterback's coach for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I, I do think Austin uh, would would love to coach in college football, and I think he'd love to come to Southern Miss. I, I just don't see him being a head coaching candidate at this point um, because he hasn't been a coordinator. 
And I think that's uh, th- that's what you would have to do. Same reason I-, I love Jeff Kelly. I played with Jeff Kelly. I just I think you have to have some type of at least coordinating or head coaching position at the next level. Uh, Scotty Walden, um, yeah, not in FBS or D1, but he's he's been a head coach before, and, and this is an interim situation. But yeah, I do think there there are options, and you can go out there and, and look at people. I think there's a possibility if if I don't think they're going to hire a D, a defensive guy. But I think there's if if Kane Womack, who's the defensive coordinator at Indiana, uh, Dave's son, uh, he's he's a he's a football genius, by the way. I mean, Kane is is uh, 34 years old, up and coming. I mean, he's at age 34, he's already a Big Ten coordinator. I think if somebody like Kane came in because of his friendship with Austin Davis and because he knows what type of offensive mind Austin is. I think he would he would be a guy that would put Austin as his offensive coordinator. So I do think there are plenty of options where Austin could come back as a coordinator to Southern Miss, and that gets me really excited. And but again, you know what? I want you, Scotty Walden to, to succeed. I just want everybody to know that I'm, I'm for for Scotty Walden. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, all this talk will be moot. You know that Scotty Walden will have proven himself. And and from what I from what I, I've never met Scotty Walden before, but from every, everybody that I know that has. Has said he would be the type of guy too that if he that if he didn't earn the head coaching position, then he doesn't want it. You know, so this will be a good this will be a good uh, test for him and a good trial under some really unique circumstances to prove himself. And I'm like Luke. I, I hope we don't even have to talk about a coaching search. Right. I hope we we have our head coach and he's going to be, you know, successful the rest of the way. Let's I, hope. I'll tell you what the elephant in the room is, Kelly, and it continues to be the virus. A lot of cases yesterday in Mississippi, a lot of deaths. And Louisiana Tech now having to cancel its game with Baylor. Now, according to Jeremy, it's still go for next Saturday, but boy, I tell you what, it just shows. And then Oklahoma State, Tulsa, cancel a game they had scheduled, push it back for a week. This is going to be dicey all year. We, we've kind of lost sight of that in the last few days with uh, – the coaching change here, but it's it's still the elephant in the room, and and it, and it wasn't just a couple of positive tests at La Tech, thirty eight, right, thirty eight positive tests at La Tech. So I, I I heard him say that the game is on for now, and and you hope it is. I know you know, um, not to make light of the way that the Eagles played against South Alabama, but the La Tech guys are probably begging that that game be played, right? Um, you know. Thinking, boy, we can you know come in here and and uh, and steal one from from the Eagles. But thirty eight, you can't help. And if they're supposed to be quarantined for fourteen days, you can't help but wonder how that would affect the, the Bulldogs. And that, on the other hand, they don't. They wouldn't want to come here unless they don't. Unless they have all hands on deck because it's a conference game, right. uh, you know, in a, in a Western Division game. So they really want to make sure that everybody's available on the high school scene. Uh, McGee High School, I understand, in uh, Simpson County, has had a has had a COVID outbreak. So now McGee is having to put its season on hold. So it's and the, and the commissioner of the the Big Twelve Conference today pretty much admitted that there was no way the Big Twelve was probably going to get all of its season in uh, because some of the, the the southern states seem to be doing much better now in handling COVID, and the midwestern states are now mm-hmm. having outbreaks. So it's like the minute. You let your guard down, any state. The minute you let your guard down, boom, here comes the virus again. Right. So, well, I want to go uh, back to Tech for just a second with you guys. If they have 38 kids right now that are positive, they have to be quarantined, as I understand it, for two weeks. So that takes them past 
the game with Southern Miss. Can they come play Luke Johnson, 38 players short of their roster? Well, you, you wonder when the tests were, though. So you wonder, if they feel confident they can kick and play, typically you have 120 on your roster, you're only going to dress 70. So, yeah, if they feel confident, then either those 38 are not starters or people that would contribute or were far enough along in the quarantine process. The reason for it is with Hurricane Laura, there was some power outages in Ruston, and so some people got displaced. That's apparently why it's so high. So, yeah, I mean, Louisiana Tech does not – here's the, the bigger thing. They don't want to cancel two games in a row. They lose their money game in Baylor, and they're calling it a postponement, so you feel like maybe it may, it may get rescheduled or something. But they do not want to miss this game. It is in their best interest to play this game, so I feel like they, they find a way to do it. The, the problem with when you're playing those big 12 teams is once they start uh, their conference schedule, and it's a, it's a big 12 conference schedule only – is once they get playing, there's no bye dates. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're going to have to get that month, that game in the month of September somehow. And if you don't get it into September, and we're now approaching the middle part of September, they're just running out of weeks, you know, before the Big 12, you know, tees it up in their own conference. They have, uh, yeah, and it would depend on LaTeX's uh, date too, but uh, they do have a bye week the second weekend of Oklahoma. I mean, I'm of Oklahoma. I'm looking at Oklahoma of October. And they also have a bye week on November twenty first, so I'll uh, I'll look at the La Tech also. But yeah, there are there are a couple of opportunities there in Baylor's schedule. Yeah, yeah, they they might have an opening, Luke, but the Big Twelve, you know, is not probably going to have opening. That's what I was you saying. Know? Baylor yeah. does, but the 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 yeah. team does. What a mess, guys! My team. word, what a mess! It'll be a miracle if if uh, if. If schools can go through their entire season, don't you think, Kelly? I, mean, I just think the odds are stacked against that. And that's what the that's what the commissioner of the Big Twelve Conference, you know, was saying this morning that uh, that as as hard as they are trying to make sure that you know something happens, um, you you do have to acknowledge the fact, as you have in bringing it up in the discussion, that. We're a long, we're a long way from over in this, in this uh, virus battle. But on a positive note, Kelly, I have learned that is why Joe Biden is spending so much time in his basement. He is working on a vaccine himself. Maybe that's why he, his, he's just short circuiting. Maybe that's what's in his <laughs> mind. Right? Joe is feverishly working on a vaccine in the basement. Kelly's not in the basement, and he'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour on this sunny Wednesday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. If you're looking to get a new ride, go to toyotahattiesburg.com. Search their entire inventory. Pick you out some cars you want to go test drive, and then go out to Highway 98 and go see our friends at Toyota Hattiesburg. We greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Also, want to let you know about DBAT and D1 training. Therefore, you, therefore, your whole family, you can get softball and baseball instruction uh, for the kiddos, great instructors, great facilities, and then you can get back in your old playing shape with D1 training located in Hattiesburg. 
Kelly Sander joins Bob and I. And uh, Kelly, interesting today. You know, we, we joke about how we live in a, a participation trophy generation, uh, but the ACC kind of took it over the top today, didn't they? They did. The, the ACC, which, of course, has been the home to powerhouses in, in basketball, and we're talking about like uh, Duke and, and North Carolina, are proposing that every single Division One basketball team make the NCAA tournament. Every single team. Everybody gets in. How long and would that take to play that many games? I, and the ACC voted unanimously. Really? They think it's a, they think it's a good idea. Hmm. So, well, I mean, if, if you've got, I don't know, 300 or some Division One schools, and, and they take the tournament, like 66 teams or whatever with the play-ins, Six, so you probably have to add total. another two weeks to the tournament you know, mm-hmm. in order to... 346 teams play basketball in Division One. Okay, there you go, 346. So however however many times you have to divide that to get down to 64. Isn't that correct? Um, is what would happen. But I, I don't I don't see it I don't see it happening because you know then how are you going to work out the revenue shares um, right. you know, of of a basketball tournament? And and honestly, and I albeit little league, I mean I coached for years, and if my team wasn't good enough to win something during the regular year. They don't deserve to play in a tournament. You know that's right. supposed to be that's supposed to be a reward for your good play during the regular season, and I think it cheapens it if you just let everybody you know, if you let everybody play. Equally as ridiculous is yeah, uh, think go just ahead. a second, Bob, before you move on to that. So when you think about who voted for that, so Coach K votes for that, Roy Williams votes for that, Jim Beheim votes for that. Why in the world would those guys? Those are some of the most competitive dudes of all time. Why would they go to that? You, you want to know why I think they would vote? Is because they know it has no chance of passing. Mm-hmm. They would look good in the eyes of, of of a lot of people, but they know, and that's, that's the same thing that happens in Congress lots of times. People will go, well, "I can't believe you're for that." Well, it wasn't going to pass anyway, so you know, right, right. Why not say you're for it? That's right. Well, I wanted to bring this up the last couple of minutes. We have, I thought, equally as ridiculous. Madden football comes out, the 2020 edition. And Kelly Center, what do you think about this? Colin Kaepernick is uh, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears in, uh, in Madden 2020. Well, I don't. Colin Kaepernick hasn't been in the league for how long? Now? I know. I know. Four, five, four or five years now. What, what, what do you think would be when they made that decision, the guy sitting in the room that made that decision, Kelly, how did that conversation go? Who thought that was a logical thing to do? Honestly, Bob, I'm not trying to shirk the question, but I don't have an answer for that. Right. Um, again, it's, it's NFL 2020. Uh, and, and look, in, in fairness, you wouldn't put Brett Favre in there either. Right. No, I mean, right. He doesn't play football in the NFL well, anymore. Right. And he's Colin technically Kaepernick a free agent. What, what, what's so funny is he hasn't been in the game since 2016. In 2016, his overall rating was 74. His 2021 rating for Madden is 81, which puts him above Ryan Tannehill, who led the NFL in, in efficiency last year, and above Cam Newton, who is the new quarterback for Bill Belichick. Cap hadn't played in four, in five years, four years, five years, yep. and yet they're going to do that. 
Yeah, it's just well, I think we all know the reason. And speaking of speaking of Cam Newton, I, I got to tell you, both of you guys, I know how much you love the Patriots, and I actually read an article last night about how well he's doing and uh, that he's going to start, and uh, they're very excited, guys, about the Patriots with Cam Newton, and I know that I know that puts a smile on your two faces. Well, let's just face it: if you don't if you don't act accordingly, the emperor will take care of things. You, you know, it's his way or the highway, buddy. <laughs> and if, and look, if they're going to have Colin Kaepernick in, in Madden 2020, I'm going to I'm going to write some letters, you know, some well placed pieces of correspondence, and make sure that next year. Otto Graham. I think so. Otto was a hell of a player, Kelly, as you know. (laughs) (laughs) For the 1943 New York Giants. And and don't forget Sonny Jurgensen. He should be be in the game as well, I think. Oh, the way he'd throw that beautiful spiral. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The physique. The whole thing, man. I mean, it. Uh, how could he not be? How how about Bron- how about Bob, which, Bob Bronco Nagurski, the uh, Duluth Eskimos, right? <laughs> Bob, what you need to do when you get off air today, go look at the official New England Patriot picture of Cam Newton, the way his hair is. Uh-huh. When Kelly emerges from his COVID-19 hibernation, Kelly will have the exact same hairdo as Cam. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Great. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for Jeremy McClain coming on the show. I'm going to be out for a few days. The guys will have everything under control, and uh, they'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.